Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Food for Thought with Vic and Kels. We're so excited to have you here. And today we are going to be talking all about the power of community. And we, one of our taglines that we have in the Rediscover You Free program is that you are not alone. I think a lot of times anyone who struggles with food or struggles with feeling out of control with food or binge eating or feels like they're the ones who just aren't quote unquote normal with food, we feel like we're the only ones. We feel like there's no one else. Everyone else is disciplined. Everyone else understands how this whole food thing works. We're strange. And we just want you to know that's not true. You are not alone. And we're here to help you in any way, shape, or form. And my name's Kelsey, and this is my beautiful co-host, Miss Victoria. Hello, I am Victoria. <laughs> um, welcome back, everyone. If you haven't listened to our other two episodes, give those a listen after you give this one a listen. Um, oh, can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. You sound lovely. Thank you. Um, so yeah, today we, we can kind of just get right into our topic. Um, it's just basically about what it means to be in community with other people. And I was thinking today, like, you kind of have to have a mix of like the people that understand and then also the people, maybe they don't know, you know, your whole story, but we can kind of talk about like a big help kind of bring you out of it in a way to kind of create some distance. Um, so Kelsey, what specifically, I mean, you can kind of talk about the community that we have and mm -hmm. why it's so important um, and how, I mean, like you've literally found so many friends, clients, like family members, like it's such a tight knit community. Um, so you can kind of just talk a little bit about that and we'll just keep going. I love it. Well, first and foremost, like for me, community is a huge part of, of what I do. So as a, I was a personal trainer, but more so I was a group fitness instructor and we did small group training. This is way back in the day and we called it tribe team training. And that's where I was really introduced to the power of like having teams and communities, like how many of us, like we tend to work out so much harder if there's someone like right next to us. Right. And they're like, they're sweating. You're like, okay, I can do it too. And I absolutely loved that idea. And I knew how powerful that was. And that's why I wanted to bring that into this program. So I had been doing some one-on-one -on -one coaching for the last two, three years. And this year is when I introduced the rediscover you free group coaching program. And there was a reason for that. And I think I've realized now throughout the process for a while there, I didn't think that people could get a transformation unless they were working with me one-on-one. -on -one. But now after we've had our first launch of the group program, I realized I was holding people back. Like actually by not letting them be in a community with each other, um, like they were, there's so much power in there. Like we've got two women just kind of putting it out there, two women who have had um, gastric sleeve surgery that is something I'll never, like, I cannot resonate with that. I, or in the sense, like I cannot fully understand um, what that experience would be like, but because these two women are, and the fact that they're in our group. So a lot of, a lot of people who get uh, weight loss surgery tend to be really focused on the number and really focused on weight loss, but they can have a really horrific relationship with food. Like the surgery doesn't help heal your relationship with food. And so this community has given them an opportunity to meet each other and to have this whole space to like 
and safety and ability to relate to one another in that area. And that's something that I never could have done one-on-one. And I think the big thing for me is I, I know for a fact, like I, I live by this quote by um, Jim Rohn, that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And so if that were to be, and it is true, like take a look at the people you're spending time with. What do their relationships look like? What does their health look like? What does their, um, what are their finances look like? You will be the average of that group. And I knew that to be true, especially when I was like working in a gym and I was obsessed with the way that I looked and obsessed with like dieting and the protein supplements and raw, because that's who I was around. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's, was it. Um, and now to be part of a group that is much more authentic, much more about being you and much more about health and well-being, overall well-being um, has just, obviously it's a, it's a big deal for me as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think specifically for the girls in our group, there's not enough yous and there's not enough, I mean, I'm just like a small piece of it, but there's simply not enough hours in the day for you to be that, to be fully you for every single client. And Mm -hmm. so that, that group community has allowed us to one kind of step up Mm -hmm. and, you know, we have to communicate with each other. Like there's that that group atmosphere of like, we're all in the same, you know, spot in the course. Like we're, we're talking on a regular basis. We have the network that we use for the program and it keeps us all connected. And there's so many times that we'll be on our weekly coaching calls and, you know, Kelsey will say something and then we'll just start bouncing ideas for somebody else. Like they will open up about a struggle or something that they've been dealing with this week. And it's not just one person, you know, if it was that traditional one-on-one coaching, just your opinion mm-hmm. um, or your recommendation, which is a mate, probably like the most amazing, right? But you're going to hear so many different perspectives and like, it's almost this, like, it, it just, it multiplies. I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's really cool to see it firsthand that it's not just one person mm-hmm. um, and to see the group grow like just how how strong the group grows and like the trust that's being established um and the reality is is that when you're struggling with food you feel such a deep deep sense of shame and shame wants to keep you quiet it wants to keep you alone it doesn't want you responding to text messages like you shut down Um, And so finding people in your life that you can be authentic with, vulnerable with, and share your heart with is so, so important. Um, But it's also, it's a task to find those people. And it's, it's a task to, you know, are they going to understand? Like, it's really hard to explain to somebody that doesn't have a clue what it means to struggle with food that you struggle with food and you're like well I feel like a complete idiot like how do you explain that because it's just such a individual experience but when you find you know a group of people whether it's in group therapy or it's in a coaching program or whatever it might be there's that sense of like refreshing and just like at ease because you don't these these women don't have to say like 
oh, you know, when you're really stressed out and you get home and you literally black out, like no one has to explain that stuff Mm -hmm. because we all get it. Mm -hmm. So there's that, that deep level of understanding that comes with that, I think. I think, and that's it, that understanding we as human beings have an innate need to feel a sense of belonging. We want that, like we're tribal beings, like, and, and no one wants to feel weird or strange or outcast, right? Because like, even back in primitive times, like if you were part of the tribe, then you had access to resources, you had access to a mating partner, you had access to safety. And so we all want to feel that sense of belonging. Um, and like you said, because things with food and body image and all this stuff can be so shameful, a lot of times we, we go inward and we, we isolate. And so to have that safe space, that has always been my, my dream is to create a place that feels safe, um, where people can be vulnerable because I think you and I both know, and you, especially here more recently know the power of being able to share your story, like bringing your story to light, being able to talk about your struggles. Like it genuinely, like helps bring the power of it down. Like, cause otherwise it's, it's so, it just feels so big. It feels so scary. And, and you had said it like in our, our challenge last night, like it was such a wound. It was such an open wound. And now like the more you've been able to kind of work through this and share it, it's becoming so much more of a scar. And so early on in my, when like the first time I like really ever told somebody that I struggled with food. I was in college. Like it, I mean, I had, you know, the college experience is quite interesting, right? You, you grow up with your family for what, 18 years and all of the food, you know, the food is the same typically like throughout the childhood, right? Like you have your family norms, the, you know, regular staple foods. Um, and then when I finally went to college, it was like, completely different. And, you know, I had access to all of the foods that, you know, might not have been found in my house or really weren't at the house. Um, and I just remember feeling like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Like, why am I just like eating all of these foods? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like you've never had those foods. They were all on a pedestal. Um, and the, the one, you know, time that I decided to, to share, And to just be like, I I ended up asking a friend, like, where, like, how have you been? Like, what's going on? We had a, it was summer. It was for a group project. And she was like, yeah, I struggle with an eating disorder and I've been in treatment and it's been, you know, the hardest months of my life, but it's been the best months of my life. And I just like, was, I just like tears just came because that moment of courage that I had to you know, even just ask like where she had been. And I just kept asking questions. It allowed me to feel seen and it allowed her to feel like she was pouring into somebody that was in her shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so that was kind of that first time that I was able to really feel that sense of vulnerability. Um, and then like post-treatment um, centers and therapy and dietitians and all the things, um, there ended up being a girl that was uh, a grade below me. And 
I started mentoring her. I was doing like uh, tutoring and stuff. And I decided again, that little leap of courage and she too struggles with binge eating Mm -hmm. and she just felt so alone. And it's like every single time something happens, there's a reason that you share the story. There's a reason that you ask a question and you might not even like, it's almost selfish to not like, you don't need to air all of your dirty laundry, (laughs) but it's almost selfish to not be willing to at least come to a, a level of honesty and authenticity because you don't know who else is struggling. You don't know if like you have something to say that the other person needed to hear, like you just don't know. And, and it's those little moments of courage where you either meet like really rad people, you get to share your story, you get to listen and sit and hear somebody else's story. So it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. It is. I I think those are the, like, that's how you and I were also (laughs) able, right? Like with our relationship, like that, but that's it. When you give yourself, like when you have that courage, take that leap of faith to be vulnerable and to share your story, you give other people the permission to be vulnerable and to share their story. It's a big deal. Well, and, and Brene Brown talks about, um, she does, she's a shame and vulnerability researcher. Um, and I read her book, what is it? Daring Greatly. Um, and she, she talks, she talks so much about shame and vulnerability, but one of the most, the biggest things that stood out to me in the book, and I'm not quoting her word for word, but it's just basically that like, you can't expect vulnerability from another person if you're not willing to also do the same. Like, it's so interesting to hear about, you know, somebody else's deepest, darkest struggles and fears and, you know, addictions, whatever. But if you're not willing to level with them and, and also share a piece of it, it's, it's not going to (laughs) work. It's very, very one-sided. So. No, absolutely. And I, I know like one of the things that you had said, like you had talked about your treatment, that that was a really big deal. And it was amazing for you to have that support at the time. But then I know that that was something that was a bit of a struggle, like coming to the end or post-treatment. Yeah. And it actually happened, I mean, two times. So, um, long story short, the healthcare system is broken and, um, you know, being able to be in a treatment center is like a recognized like privilege. Like there are people that are struggling hardcore that, you know, don't have that access. And, you know, I was still under my parents' insurance at the time. And when I went in, I was expecting to, you know, be able to be there for a lot longer than I was. So I went, they basically, they told me like how much it was a day. And I was like, excuse me, like what? How much was it? Just out of curiosity. Um, so the, the, it was for like half a day. It was like any, somewhere between like 500 to $800. And, and I was going every single day and it would just kind of depend on how long I was there for. And then the place, the second place I went, I'm almost done paying it. Um, but it was, it was a hefty penny, like thousands. I mean, but so, I mean like, and it's nest, like, it's a big deal. Like, cause it's, you're in need. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and it is really difficult that that financially, like that is 
a lot that not yeah. everyone has those financial resources. It, it was definitely like, I think when I saw the, it was like over 20 something, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars. Like it, it's horrible that, you know, that has to be the case. But that being said, I went in knowing that my time was limited and I just kind of felt like I had to do like a crash course. Right. Mm-hmm. But I went in and there, you know, diet culture and whatnot puts these, I, I don't know, stigma, is it stigma, I guess, preconceived notions of what somebody that struggles with eating looks like. Ah, yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Um, and when I went in, I felt so relieved because these were just normal people that had varying body weights and some were tall, some were short, some like everybody had a different body. There were, I was the youngest, so I was 20 at the time, 21, I was 20, 20, and um, the oldest person there was in her 60s, Uh, and and there were nurses, psychologists, like people in corporate, it it was just, it was really cool to feel that sense of belonging, Um, and we just, you know, you're all going through it together, like there were definitely days we'd all be in bad moods, and like just let's leave, let's get out of here. Right. Um, but you're going through all these things together and a lot of it is in a group therapy setting. So you're not sharing everything because they're pretty particular about what you do share, but you're sharing, you know, deep things and you're answering really thought provoking questions. And it's great. You feel like these people are going to be your best friends for life, like, because they all understand. And, towards the end, I, I was there basically like your, your insurance is going to stop covering this day. And so I had to kind of come up with an outpatient treatment plan and it was such a headache. Like I was like, Oh, are there any outpatient support groups for people that have been in the program so that there can be that like continuity of care? No. There was therapy and I I wasn't going to be able to see that therapist because she's so busy with the people in it, in the treatment. And then my dietitian, again, same thing, like they're just so busy. And so it was like, well, now I have to find a therapist. Now I have to find a psychiatrist for my medication. Now I have to find a new dietitian. Like there was so many things that were hard to, you know, get that, that care established and you're trying to do all of those things. And then you're thinking, well, where is that group aspect going to come in? There's no support group. There's no follow-up. And that feels so hard. Like we didn't all finish on the same day. There were people that got discharged sooner than others. And to be able to, you know, text that person, like, how was your first meal at home? Like, how's the first dinner at home with your family? Like, those are big things for a lot of people. And to not be able to like have us, you know, all sitting around a round table was so hard. Like, I I just, I can't, I'm a nurse. So when I was working in the inpatient setting, like we had to set everything up for our patients so that they were supported as much as possible so that they were compliant with their meds so that they, you know, had their psychosocial stuff managed and, for it to be such an expensive thing, expensive treatment program, whatever you want to call it, you would just expect there to be more of that like continuity. So 
that was what was lacking and it showed because um I was I don't even like I, I don't use the word on track but I've I quick I fell and I fell hard like it was it was really easy to slip back into old habits it was easy to because there was no accountability there was no daily check-ins there wasn't any of that stuff um and that's what we would all do at the beginning of the day is we have a a check a, a sheet that we would go through and so there was that accountability of like yeah I did you know have a binge or yeah I did whatever body check these are the great behaviors I did these are the emotions I'm feeling um and so all of that just like that just disappears and it's that's that's very very difficult no and I I know like that's a really big deal for us with our program and and what I told you like because I had this plan going in and building this group and then we just serendipitously met like right at the like the start of it and I had never actually like talked to anyone who had been in a treatment center and never really knew that world as until I met you and I just couldn't believe that they would just stop like things would just Mm -hmm. stop Um, and I told you my vision was to be able to give women um you know a (laughs) long-term a long-term community support um because i i know how important our social environment is it's it's massive and i think there's actually like this is kind of a weird kind of um analogy or whatever um and i don't know the exact study or whatever else but it's in james clear's book atomic habits and he talks about during the Vietnam war that there were so many heroin addicts, like so many soldiers who had become addicted to heroin. And they were really, really nervous about what that would look like having them come back home. And if it would still continue to be a problem. And it was like, I think it was like 90 to 95% of, of soldiers that when they came home did not struggle with um, heroin anymore, like it was no longer a problem. Whereas that's the complete opposite story when there's a heroin addict who then goes into treatment, the moment they leave treatment, their like um, relapse is so much greater. And what's the difference? It's the environment. It's the environment that they're in, particularly your social environment. So if a heroin addict leaves treatment center and goes right back to the environment they were in, now they're again completely surrounded around their old drug dealers, their old user friends. They're you know they're far more likely to go right back into those habits and routines. Um, it, it, and that's why for me, like I want to be able to create a, a program where you have your social circle, where you have that social support that you can tap into 24 seven and it's long-term. It's not just like once your insurance ends, like right now, like it's just something that it's just ongoing support. And that's, so that was, I mean, I would also like to say like, I could have, you know, went with some random Joe Schmo therapist. Like I was trying to be as like particular and, you know, I was trying to be picky in a way so that I found people, a care team, you know, that was Mm -hmm. optimal for me, but it's, it's so hard to get an appointment. It's hard to like, it's so hard to do all of these things. Um, I was in no way perfect at like that coordination of anything, but I wonder what that would have looked like if there was that ongoing support and accountability, because 
like we have our coaching calls weekly and it's like, well, what are your intentions? What are your wins for the week? It's that every single time you go in, you know, you're going to get asked that question. Like you can't just like put a sweatshirt over your head and like duck. That's not happening. Like it's so easy, especially when you're on your own and struggling and you feel yourself slipping into habits and you're just reinforcing them. And then you feel that little glimpse of shame. Like it's so easy to be quiet. It's so easy to want to isolate. Um, And that's the last thing somebody that's struggling needs. Like they need to be in community, even when it sucks, even if they're, they're quiet and only a few words come out. Um, Because I mean, and then, and then I just think how many of the people that had come back, like, so the second place that I went, um, a lot of the people that I met had been there a few times. Like it was my first go around at this one other place. And they're like, oh, this is my, you know, second, third, fourth time. Now, knowing the, the relapse, that relapse, um, things like that can happen and you can, those things, I just wonder if there was that continuity of care, would that have happened? Like, would they be there their second, third, fourth time? I don't know. I I would hope not. I mean, like, and I've definitely like, I've had clients, most of my clients when they were one-on-one, I would say most of them would work with me one-on-one for at least six months. I, and, and I don't know how long you were in treatment. Like the first place was almost two months. I I mean, so like, this is the other thing is anything that's done through your insurance or health, like it's going to be limited. Like the time is limited. They are, you literally like, they give you a call when the, when one person leaves, like, okay, your spot, like tomorrow you're getting admitted, admitted, like you have to be there the next day. It's, and it's not like a turn and burn, but it kind of feels like it. Like you are like, okay, let's flip the room. Um, Uh. and so it's like, yeah, on the front end, it might be a little bit more expensive to, uh, I mean, out of pocket, um, to go the non-healthcare traditional route, but you're going to get that long-term establishing that trust, um, establishing just that feeling of like, okay, this person is in it for the long run. I remember like feeling like, I loved, I loved being able to talk to my therapist, but I knew it was limited and I knew she wasn't going to be the one that I was going to after. So it's like, well, how much do I want to tell you? Because you're going to be gone in a blink of an eye. Um, So true. It's, there are so many different facets to it, but that there's so many different things, but that was definitely one of them was like, I know that I need to be here. I know that like, you're supposed to help me, but I know you're not going to be in it for the long run, not by their fault, just the reality of the situation. And this is like, for me, like this brings up like, so I'm an entrepreneur and I brought up one of, so my, one of my closest friends who I lived in Mexico with for a year, like this girl is, I talk to her every single day now, but I met her at a conference in Los Angeles back in September, 2019 it was for like female entrepreneurs. We both just made the investment. I was living in Colorado at the time. She was living in Oregon and we met at this event. I've never actually met the coach who like, 
you know, put on that event. There was a lot of women there, but my friend Keely and I, like, even though we couldn't be more different, (laughs) but we decided at that event that, Hey, we're going to be weekly accountability buddies. And we would hop on zoom every Wednesday and we would have this accountability. And it was like, obviously we're not, but we just found each other. We met each other. Now we're two years later. Now we talk every single day. We've lived together for six plus months, like traveled the world together. And I'm so thankful for that relationship. Again, it didn't mean that I was meeting with the coach. It didn't mean I was meeting like you, like with the actual therapist, but the Mm -hmm. people that I met that were in the program, that's my lifelong relationship. That's my lifelong friend. That is my accountability partner who has seen me through things for years. Um, I'll never regret that investment, that time, that whatever to meet her. So again, that is also why we have built the community the way it is so that you can like foster those kinds of relationships, that it's not just that you're, you only need to have time with Victoria, that it's not just only time with me. Um, it's the people in the group. Yeah. Um, Um, we are going to wrap up here soon. We are because we've um, got other we gotta, things. We got to pop onto the next Zoom call. Speaking of which, guys, um, like, by the way, uh, I know this is going out tonight or tomorrow. We are on a five-day Find Food Freedom Challenge. It's absolutely free. Um, and we are leading it. It started on Sunday. But if you sign up for the emails, you'll instantly get the email replays. Um, it has been a headache for Kelsey to figure out the emails, but you will get the email replays. We've got daily assignments that are in the Facebook group, as well as a grand prize drawing. And everything is taking you step-by-step on how you can heal your relationship with food and your body. Um, and basically just giving you all of our methodology for free. So if you're interested in that five-day Find Food Freedom Challenge, um, go to www.rediscoveryoufree.com slash challenge. Um, before the 24th and we'd love to have you join us and if you're listening to this later on in the months Mm -hmm. we will be hosting this on hopefully a more regular basis so that people in our communities and in our social circles can have an opportunity to hear what it would be like to live with food freedom I know it sounds weird but it is possible Um, any last outgoing remarks Kelsey No, I think that's it. I think if anyone wants to learn a little bit more about our Rediscover You Free group coaching program, if this was something you're like, whoa, that community sounds really great. Like I'd really like to have some like long, long term support and just feel that sense of belonging. Um, I encourage you guys to reach out to us like on, I'd say Instagram would probably be the best. Um, So if you want to reach out to me, I am on Instagram at rediscover.u, that's Y-O-U.free. So rediscover.u.free and obviously reach out to Victoria. Yeah, at vic.stump like a tree. Um, And hopefully, uh, (laughs) I I feel so weird saying that. Um, But as we end with talking with community, um, my last like my little outgoing things just to say Um, take that step of courage, be vulnerable. Don't think that everyone's just going to come to you and talk to you. You got to take that little leap Mm -hmm. and to be intentional with the people that are in your lives and to grow those relationships. It's not just the quantity of people. It's those really solid friendships and relationships that will see you through your entire life. And it, it will show in the years that come, like how important community is. So 
we will talk to you guys next week. Um, and hopefully in the month of April, we're going to have a really cool podcast series come out. So stay tuned, folks. I know. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye.